It's the next level. Panels to Pixels, The Punisher Season 2, Episodes 9 and 10 Review. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And today we're actually talking about episodes 9 and 10 of season 2, and these are actually really good episodes from what I could check out when I was watching them. Yeah, they're they're really exciting, and, and uh, episode 9 really sets up episode 10, so these two really work in conjunction together really well. Uh, so, But episode 9 is called Fluster Cluck, which, that's a hard word to say, but we used to say something similar in the military. Um, this, this episode opens with Frank, and he's returning to the trailer to find Amy, Curtis, and Madani all there. If you remember the, the last episode, at the end of episode 8, we had Frank at his wife's grave, and everyone else had joined together there at the trailer so this is there's a lot of dialogue here but we it reveals some things about frank that we know and and some things that we didn't know and it's just really cool in fact i'll talk more about the this conversation in the trailer in uh, in my top fives, but uh, we see Mr. Mr. Schultz has come to New York. He meets with his son. He meets with his son is this politician, you know, who's who's homosexual, and they have these pictures of him with another man. Those are the pictures that Amy and the Punisher have, you know. And then uh, he also meets with John Pilgrim. Uh, we see he tells John to put out a contract, uh, a bounty on the Punisher and the girl. And then uh, we get to see Curtis recruit some fellow vets to help find Billy and his crew. Uh, and they've been murdering and robbing people all over the city. And so we're seeing all of our stories are now starting to come together. And which is, which is one thing that we've been building to this entire season. We've seen all these separate storylines now we're starting to see them kind of come together. Which was my complaint <laughs> right. the last uh, couple episodes, I believe, too. Yeah, everything's just been so so sporadic and spread out, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like everything was lost, and I guess they f- had to figure out how to get everything all together at once. Uh, so we should get on to our top five. Yeah. Okay. 
Do you want to start? Sure, I'll start. My number five is just the, the military way that Billy kind of runs his crew as they're they're going around the city and and from the the radio reports we hear they, they I think they hit like three or four locations in a twenty four hour period and they kill a bunch of people. He's using some of those same terms that he used when he was in the military. The difference, of course, is that he, they're killing everyone. And when he's talking to his crew, he still doesn't remember that he's he's the one that killed Frank's family or had Frank's family killed he doesn't remember that so he thinks frank just doesn't like him or he he can't figure out why frank wants to kill him but uh, that that my number five is just that the military way he's kind of handling uh his crew and the fact that later we're going to see curtis pick up on some of these these terms that he's using and that billy is using in his radio transmissions yeah amy actually brings them up when he they're honing in yeah yeah she asks about the molotov thing i think they say something about that the situation is molotov or something like that and she's like what does that mean and he tells her that was a term they used so my number five would be the big scene with billy and the doctor the sex was violent as well as the violence that billy's crew put on others as they are attacking people It, it was just raw and rough sounds to me like billy is getting too confident in himself and his crew because the way he's talking to them bringing them up a little bit it seemed even more overzealous than what he was when he had his memories and he was in charge of in the first season you know yeah for sure it's very frenetic the way he's he's acting he's very frenzied like in the first season we saw him very calm and cool and collected whenever he was working when he had that one crew when they killed uh, madani's partner you know, and he's laying out the missions. And here, it almost seems a little like he has the memory of how to do it, but he's very, uh, yeah, more crazed at it. Yeah, it's like it's muscle memory more than anything. Mm-hmm. And knowing how to get these guys organized, get them riled up, and then send them out on a mission. But he doesn't know why or how or where he got these things from yeah. in some ways. Yeah. So my number four is that conversation there in in the trailer when Frank first comes back. He sees the door. He he sees Madani through the window. He comes in to the trailer, and the the kid is telling him, "Oh, she wants to take you to prison," and all this. And then he sets down, and we he gets he has this very introspective kind of way of talking about how he felt and what he's doing. And I love, there was one line and I didn't write it down. I, I should have written it down where he says something about the things I can do. And he's starting yes. to realize that even though he's not a superhero, he still has, there's things about him that, that he can do things that other people can't. He can, he can switch off things. And, and this fact that he kind of doesn't know what he is. He doesn't know. Is he a villain? Is he a hero? Is he a monster? Is he not? You know, he's the punisher. That's what he is. And he's kind of caressing, caressing is a bad word, but he's kind of like, like he's, he's, he's looking at his, he's looking at his, his, uh, flak vest there, his bulletproof vest with the punisher logo on it. And, uh, he's very starting to understand this role that he's playing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Especially it's pretty much the first time we actually see the vest prominent throughout the show and more so than last season oh yeah for sure i think for sure especially with the blood written all over it so it's like kind of making a mark on it so yeah i I enjoyed that and especially the fact that it was more like you said it was more an introspective look of himself and he's stating that to madani which comes out later on 
with uh, the doctor. But yeah, know, it was a really good scene in a sense where it more it humanizes the character. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it makes you appreciate the person for who they are, not somebody who's like superhuman or anything, but and the reason why he's doing these things. Yeah. So yeah, it was very good. So what's your number four? My number four would be Amy and Curtis's conversation in the mobile home. We get to see them getting along and wanting to know about each other a little bit. But then Amy leaves because Curtis won't let her come with him to the group. She needed to get out. She needed to be needed, I guess, not to be used. She felt like she was being used as a pawn in some way, not being included into what's going on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's one of those things where you can definitely tell that Curtis isn't a parent. Because, you know, what's what's the first thing your kids are going to do if you tell them to stay put? They're going to go. Well, you know, <laughs> they're going to leave. And so he should have just realized that yeah. was what was going to happen. And, and my number three is, is kind of right into that same kind of in that conversation where he asks her, you know, what normal thing would she want to do or what what she really wanted to do with her life. And she says, Marine salvage. And then he thinks she's joking. But she's like, no, no, I'm serious. I saw, I watched them. I saw this documentary and they were down in the Caribbean and they were finding gold and they were bringing up buried treasure. And that's, that's what I want to do. And then, you know, it's so random, but it's, it's kind of a normal, it's, it's not really a normal job, but it's definitely, it's not a job that you would first think of, of course. And then, then, then she admits that she doesn't even know how to swim and she's never been in the ocean before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But re- regardless, she she has a dream and she has a hope, mm-hmm. and that's what she wants to do. And you know, of course, he he just chalks it off as to what. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in these yeah. in the next episode. You know, it's Curtis who's talking about wanting to get back to a normal life. You know, when he and when yeah. he and Frank are on the rooftop. So yeah, he, he was mentioning how you know how he looked forward to taxes mm-hmm. and everything yeah. else. <laughs> Uh, that would lead me to my number three, which would be Frank getting information from the bartender and using the severed thumb to open the phone up and then being able to, you know, putting it in the glass of of water and says, hey, Tony, call it a tip. That That just like floored me. And it was like so much Frank Castle, even from... The comic book, in some respect. Yeah, yeah. The only <laughs> it sounds something like you would do. You the know, the only problem I had with it was the the first thought I had when he when he unlocked the phone with that guy's thumb is I thought turn off the phone the thumb lock thing just go into settings and turn it off so you don't have to do that again <laughs> you know but yet it's there, there's definitely it was a visual thing definitely for the girl and because she says something like if you cut anything else off from him you know I'll be happy and um, like that yeah so, exactly uh, so it's definitely a very punisher thing though to carry that thumb around until he doesn't need it anymore <laughs> so yeah um, exactly but I found it amusing and I yeah. thought that is perfect for the exactly, show. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and that leads right into my, my number two, which is word on the street. You know, the, the word on the street about the bounty on Amy and Frank went out pretty quick. And because, you know, as soon as he walks out of that bar, those guys follow him and he meets him kind of in the alleyway. And they're like, well, where, where's the girl, Frank? And so suddenly he knows that somebody's after them. There there was one thing that I was a little confused about, and that was when when Frank goes to the apartment building and he saves the girl there at, at towards the end, he got that text message with an with an address. I thought 
that was the address of the warehouse that Billy and his crew were at. Because remember, we see that scene with the one vet guy who's pretending to be homeless and he leans against and he kind of pees on the fence, you know, and he, yep. and so I thought that was the address that he sent him, but it couldn't be. It had to be the girl sending her address to Frank. I mean, do you think, because there's no other way he would have known she was in trouble and where she was, or what do you? Yeah, Very what true. Do you think you think I'm correct in that and saying that that's the address? I I thought the same thing coming the later yeah. scenes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then I just loved that along with all that word on the street and these guys coming after them that she uses that move that Frank taught her about taking the gun away from the guy and that she was able to pull the trigger, even though she didn't, she didn't kill the guy. She was able to pull the trigger. Of course, then she kicks her friend on the way out and Frank gives kind of a look of approval about her kicking the friend. I thought that was great. Uh, My number two would be Curtis recruiting his groups, his group members to find Billy and his crew. Uh, The vets were not happy to hear about what Curtis did to Jake, but then realized it was Billy. They were eager to help. You know, so they were eager, more eager to help out because, you know, Jake basically, you know, he died because yeah, of Billy. Exactly. And yeah, they they came to and come to realize and Curtis was willing and fortunate enough to, you know, trust in these guys like any crew member yeah. would. And it mirrors that scene really mirrors the scene in the next episode that Billy has with his guys when he's telling them about the Punisher and he's getting them kind of psyched up to try to kill the Punisher because he says some of those same things or similar things to what Curtis said to his guys. You know, and, and I thought that was really interesting as I watching as I watch these episodes back to back today that there's a lot of stuff. That's set up in nine that we pay off in 10. There's a lot of mirrored kind of situations in nine that we see in 10. And that's, uh, like I said, that conversation that Billy has with his crew when he's talking about the, the, the fact that, that Frank had betrayed was his brother, but he's betrayed him or all this. He's like, Frank did this to me and I don't know why he did this to me and, and all that. And so it's really mirrors those two scenes are really good. And that's, that's really what my number one is. It's just there was a lot of, a lot of things this episode. Episode nine had a lot of setup for the next for the next episode, the next for episode ten. Yeah, which is what we're lucky about when when it comes to being Netflix, because mm-hmm. you don't have to wait a week; you could just binge right. watch right. it or something. Yeah. So that that's something yeah. I'll miss. That would lead me to my number one, and that would be you know basically the same the end setup. But oh my, Madani and the Doctor talking about Billy. That whole conversation was crazy. Yeah. Them getting drunk together and yeah, everything. I had forgotten that that scene started in episode nine. That that we see because they repeat that scene in episode ten, where she they continue, right, it, they continue on. it on, where they're that, talking yeah. about getting, where she says something about you know, oh, we, you need you should be drinking more, or you should if you're if you if that's what you think, then you should drink. And the doctor's like, well, let me get some wine, and that then they do that same scene, or like I said, they continue it on in the next episode. So yeah, yeah, and then we go to the pastor Robbie going to his mobster, mm-hmm. to his mobster looking for help with Frank and Amy, and you know, I, I for the hit out, I believe, from my understanding on Frank, but he's going to his old roots. And we don't see that little bit, but we get a little bit more of an insight of what happened to him and why he changed his ways. But, you know, obviously he took a job as a pastor and doing what he did in a wacky way for those that hired him, which would be the Schultzes. And Amy and Frank coming together was a big one for May. You know, that one scene you were talking about with, you know, Frank's nod of approval. <laughs> yeah, that was great. 
Yeah, that one scene was was pretty cool. The last scene was pretty much a setup of what Frank wants to do, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Taking care of Billy, then taking care of the Schultzes, as Amy states, <laughs> a cluster cl- uh Cluster cluck? Fluster cluck. Fluster cluck is what it should okay. be. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that there at the end where he basically lays out what, what he's going to do. He says, I got to take care of Bill first, and then we'll take care of the Schultzes, and that'll get you in the clear, and I'll get you back to where you can have like a normal life. So, Did you have any specific yeah, quotes? I had a, a couple quotes, and, and th- my first one is from that, that conversation at the, at the beginning. He says, let me be what I'm meant to be. He's talking about being the Punisher, uh, you know, and, and then at the end when he says, I'm not the one – that uh, that does the killing I, I i'm not the one that gets killed i'm the one that does the killing so yeah uh the only thing i had was uh this isn't a punisher pity party frank from amy <laughs> i love that yeah we don't sit around on a friday night doing this you know <laughs> exactly and, and, you kinda, and he's just pouring out gin yeah, or whatever it was you know. that he was drinking uh it almost looked like the same kind of bottle as what the the mobster had but it couldn't be because he said it was expensive stuff and i can't believe they'd be in the trailer trailer drinking expensive stuff but yeah and you kind of indicated the other quote that i had which is the one where she's talking to curtis and she says my thing is just sitting around waiting you know and and because that he's well you've got a thing and you and my thing is just waiting you know so yeah. Did you have, you had some extra notes here of things we didn't bring up? Yeah, well, pretty much, uh, you know, Silly Billy doesn't know that the doctor is using him. He really thinks the doctor loves him. The doctor is trying to convince Billy can get through to Madani because they were once together. It's kind of like that manipulative look. But the doctor doesn't know her own bond with Billy. The evidence is in her face when she tries to convince him to use Madani. She has that weird, sinister look in one scene when, you know, she's trying to talk him into it. It was the weirdest thing. The only other thing I had would be the episode seemed a little scattered with everyone going on their own direction. Madani and hers, Frank on his trying to find Billy and his crew, Amy trying to run away because after her and Curtis's conversation, she thinks she is just being used, like I said before, and Curtis trying to get to Billy and Billy's crew with the vets. So it seemed like a whole split, and then they all just come together in some way. Yeah, yeah. And the only other thing I had that we really didn't talk about was was that uh, that moment there in Madonna's apartment. Billy finds the notebook that she stole from the hospital, and uh, yeah. Then, of course, we've already talked about her and, and the doctor uh, talking, setting up for the next episode that we're gonna we're gonna see some more about. So yeah. So episode ten was titled The Dark Hearts of Men, and uh, it's a, a good title for a very dark episode. We kind of get four stories that are, that are rolled into this one amazing uh, less than an hour. In fact, it, as I commented to Mark before we started recording, the, episode 10 is actually the shortest episode of this whole season. We we have this story of Madani and Dr. Dumont having a conversation that takes place Actually, before the events of this episode, because there's a really quick, and I had to rewind it the first time I watched it, that they they reveal that that's 24 hours before the thing that's going on where Frank and Curtis are talking in the rain. That the conversation between Madani and the doctor takes place the day before all of that happened. And that's a very important point to know, because at the end, when we see Billy come in and talk to the doctor she says i know how you can get to castle now and we'll talk about that a little bit more but that's it's very important to understand that, that conversation between madani and dr Dumont actually happened the day before 
the events of episode 10. We get to see John Pilgrim as he deals with, with some of his personal issues. Uh, we see Curtis dealing with Billy's guys outside of Valhalla. And we see Frank dealing with the guys inside Valhalla. And the episode ends with uh, Frank confronted by the police after doing something that he never thought he would ever do. And I'm sure we're going to get into that in our top tens. Top tens. Top fives. I guess it's ten because it's five for me and five for you. Why don't you go ahead and start? What's your number five? My number five would be uh, the fight with the mobster and the pastor. Very gruesome. You know, showed that he went back to his old ways after the fight in the present with the drink, cocaine, and the pills to accomplish his mission. All brought up due to dealing with his past life. It was very eerie. If he was tough now, what was he like before, you know? If he goes back to his old ways, what are we in store for, you know? It was kind of weird to see because he's always repenting before you know he's trying to he's hurting himself like in a closet that one time with Mm -hmm. the kid right it's like he's torturing himself now he goes back and he counters these people and when the bombster brings up you know it's like oh you'd be the loudest person you do this you do that basically you know he'd be the first person to do something crazier and some sort of action and then he saw him the mobster saw the pastor as a broken man and thinking his beliefs were weren't enough to you know be taken care of that he's not the man he used to be but unfortunately for the mobster he didn't realize oh no that could come out at any given moment even if he's sober yeah and this actually was my my, my number four but I'll, I'll switch it to my number five because it is john pilgrim this kind of his descent uh that we see him go into darkness like you said he's drinking he's snorting cocaine after the fight and i'm sure part of the reason why he's probably doing the cocaine is he's probably hurting he's probably got a lot of pain but it, it was gruesome we see him try to do uh kind of the doctor do his own kind of doctoring with wrapping his t-shirt around his ribs you know and he's looking at his head and all these kind of things it was really that fight was just gruesome when when he tries to bring his jaw back was that what he was doing was his jaw was not in place and he was trying to move it back in a position i was just like oh i cringed every time uh, when he did that and then you know we see him with the girl and and she's doing her job on him and um (laughs) and he's talking about how uh and another key theme that i didn't put in the notes but there's a lot of talk and a lot of things about brotherhood in this and he talks about that brotherhood that uh, that is just an illusion he thinks of and then we see a flashback of him talking to his wife and telling her the truth about himself, telling her what his name is, telling uh, her all the things he's done, that he's done every sin you can imagine. He's he's done it. But then at the end, she, you know, in the vision he's having or the or hallucination or dream or whatever, she says, finish this. So I don't know if that was a real memory of a conversation he had with her or if maybe that's a conversation that he wants to have with her when he finishes this job that was a that was only it was a little little confusing for me yeah but yeah so that that was my number five was the same thing that john that john pilgrim uh stuff so what was your number four well leads into the same thing you actually just spoke about it you know him in the hotel it takes it upon himself to invade someone's party though afterwards with the hookers the blow of the booze kills the guy and then uses the hooker but then tries to preach while the hooker is doing some sexual <laughs> things to him but then we you know that that creepy scene with the wife you know trying to talk sense into mm-hmm. him but it was just 
wacky. Yeah. I think that that guy's really messed yeah, up. Yeah, do you, do you think he killed it? It did it didn't show him kill the guy and the other hookers. It just showed him put a gun in the guy's face and then push him into the room. So yeah. so we don't know what their fate was. I mean, he might have killed him. He might I don't know. But uh but it was yeah. definitely it, it led me to believe that, you know, that he kind of dismissed could them have, yeah, it. Yeah, it was year. definitely a a messed up scene and uh, yeah, my uh my number 4 though is that cold open scene with that force recon. I guess that was a force recon initiation or something that they were doing where they were they had to it was a hazing kind of initiation for all yeah, the guys. Yeah, it had to be something, something like that because, you know, there is a real brotherhood in the military, but I never saw anything like that in my time. But uh, we, we did have some messed up traditions. So that definitely could have been uh, something of a, you know, like, a, like an initiation or a hazing or, or something definitely because they all, you know, they shouted their names and then, you know, Russo ran through the gauntlet first and then Frank runs yeah. through the gauntlet and he gets to the end of the gauntlet and, and Billy punches him. Uh, the only thing we didn't see was we didn't see Frank get to punch Billy. That was a little, you know, seemed a little messed up. But <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Um, so where are we? At? What is your next one? Is your are we on your number three? Yeah, yeah. So Madani and the doctor talking about Frank and Billy. The doctor trying to talk to Madani, thinking on her side about Billy, but Madani shuts her down about Frank, basically telling the doctor of who Frank is and why he is doing what he does. They get drunk while talking about the differences between Frank and Billy. It, it seems so intense because one was trying to justify the other. Like, the doctor was justifying Billy's actions, whereas Madani was trying to justify you know, Frank's mm -hmm. actions. And it, and Billy wasn't working out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, and I actually, this is my, was my number three as well was this conversation between, uh, Dumont and Madani. And, you know, you can see there's definitely differences between how they each view Castle and Billy differently. And, and like you said, Krista thinks that she can, that she can kind of redeem Billy. And Madani believes that Frank has a certain amount of nobility in what he does or a certain honor, uh, honor to what he does. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, that's what we find out at the end. We find out that the whole thing was just a facade of the doctor trying to get some sort of information to give to Billy so that he could figure out how to break Frank. And and that really disappointed me because I was really hoping is, you know, you've been talking all along about how the doctor is kind of sinister and all this. And I really part of me was really hoping that she she wasn't that she was really like she when she talks to Madani she says you know we all have our own personal hells and Madani says well what's your hell and she says well my hell is thinking that I can get one of you out of yours you know kind of thing and we, we find out there at the end when she talks to Billy that it was all just just a fake just a chance to get some information yeah definitely so that would bring me my number two yes. Well, Frank, and go Frank actually going into the warehouse to go after Billy and his crew. Being ambushed and having to take take the hits while the light's going on and off with the music blaring. Mm -hmm. Similar to the opening scene during that whole camaraderie or hazing, as it were, with Billy and Frank and the Marines and having to go down that line, taking hits from your own squad, showing trust. In this case... It was basically a massacre of Frank being pummeled before Billy gets to talk to him. Well, you know, Frank is bloody and all, you know, welted up and everything else. Then we see Frank do what he does best. <laughs> and I think this is the bloodiest we've seen Frank since like season one, maybe. 
Yeah, it's 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 for sure an intense. Uh, that fight scene is actually my number one, and so I've got a few notes about it a, as well. Um, but um, my number two kind of plays into that same kind of sequence of events there, and it, that's those women that were killed at the end and i realized that all through the episode you know we're seeing billy watching uh, frank and curtis from the other building which that surprised me too that they didn't notice that they were not on the highest ground you would think you would think that would have been uh something they would have figured out was wait a minute we need to be on the highest ground because somebody could be observing us and they never really realized that but um you know, he knows what Frank's code is. And I think we're going to find out later that those women were already dead before Frank fired into that room because there's a, a very quick exchange between Billy and uh, one of his gang members where the gang member says something like the other, when Billy tells him to, to take the women home. And then he says, where are the others? And the gang member says something about they're right where you want them to be or something uh, to oh. that extent. So they were either, I believe they were either already killed in that room and kind of set up, uh, to make Frank think he killed him, or maybe they were, they could have been, you know, set up, uh, just in such a way so that they knew Frank would shoot at that room. And because remember, and this is nothing I didn't notice until the second watch, okay. Frank made it a point to tell Curtis, I don't want to, you tell me when those women leave, cause I don't want to go in there until they're out. And ah. that's, and that's why there was such a, uh, that was such an important point there at the end when Billy says, okay, take, cause remember Curtis says the women, he said they're drunk by midnight and the women leave by 2 a.m. They never stay over. And so that's why Billy tells the guy to take those women away. But then for some reason, there were some women left there. So hmm. I, I, I think we're going to find out that either those women were, were already dead before Frank fired at them or they were set up specifically to be killed by by frank so, yeah good catch i didn't catch that part wow yeah it took me the second it took me the second view to to really figure that whole sequence of events out now i had a suspicion after the first viewing that they they were all that they weren't that it wasn't frank's fault but i i didn't know for sure until this second viewing i firmly believe that was not frank's fault yeah so that would bring me to my number one yeah uh well basically that ending Mm-hmm. Frank's world was thrown upside down with one play by Billy and the doctor. Well, basically with the setup, as we know, uh, Billy twisting Frank's mind during the firefight at the end, which resulted in what we, you just spoke about the two casualties from what, what I can see mm-hmm. two bodies of women who are found in the dark office that Frank was shooting in. And it still, it's like, mm, they died from his gunfire or maybe exactly what you're theorizing. Yeah. Due to, uh, you know, Billy doing what he does. And it's Billy's ruse that really got Frank, you know, yeah. set up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I said, and that's my, my number one is just that whole, that whole scene there, the whole fight scene there at the end with the lights and the music. And, you know, the fact that, that, that Frank walked into a trap. I'm a little, you know, it's a little, I guess, I guess we can kind of forgive Frank for it because he really is focused on going after Billy. And that's, that's why he didn't see this as a trap. But I, I have to, I have to think that he, if he had had a clearer mind about Billy, he would have known, wait a minute, there's one entrance in to this place and it's a tunnel. And I don't know what I'm getting into, you know, and then he walks into this, basically this empty room that all the lights are out 
and starts getting this this fast attack where the lights and the music come on and then somebody somebody you know hits him with a crowbar or a big wrench or a knife and uh, of course but then like you said we see that uh, he gets his second wind there after uh, Billy talks to him and he turns turns berserker I mean basically goes berserker on these guys he bites one guy's ear off or the guy's nose off I couldn't see exactly what it was or he bites his throat out I'm not sure I know he spit out some skin so yeah I saw that too <laughs> he either bit out the guy's throat or he bit his his ear off or what but uh yeah it was this is this is gru- we've not seen him this gruesome I want to say maybe the second to the last episode of the first season when he had when all those guys got into his building there and he attacked them and he had all the different guns stashed around yeah the, the, or in Daredevil when yeah. yeah the prison scene right in Daredevil I've forgotten about that right I, I need to I need to rewatch Daredevil but uh, of course Russo escapes just as the the police arrive. And we have Frank standing there, like you said, uh, with those two dead bodies. And we don't know for sure, you know, whether Frank shot them, whether Billy's guys shot them or what, but. Yeah, cool. So I had one quote from this episode that I really keyed in on. That was when uh, Dr. Dumont and uh, Madani are talking and, you know, they're, they're talking about Frank's kind of Frank's code. And Madani says that he doesn't kill the innocent. And Dumont says, who decides who's innocent? thought that was that was a good quote yeah mine would be the demont saying so he's exempt from hell because of his archaic idea of chivalry and madani says no he's exempt because if he did the things that billy has done he would be burning in hell yeah yeah i like that uh that whole that whole thing the only thing I had that we really haven't brought up yet is uh, I liked there at the beginning when Curtis is telling Frank that he's different from Billy because you know he cares about people. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a big that's a big thing through this whole episode is the differences between Billy and Frank and and Curtis and I don't know, I'm still not 100% sure where Curtis came into during their military career because we didn't you know, he was a medic and Frank points out that he and Billy were trained to kill, whereas Curtis was trained to save lives. Hmm. And and that's what we see at the end there when he doesn't want to kill those other vets. And in fact, he tries to save the one guy's life who he shot in the leg, you know. And so it's it's interesting that Curtis, though, is able to point out to Frank, no, Billy, I think he says something along the lines that Billy, we don't know if Billy was like that the whole time. You know, huh. Billy was was it was a psychopath who was pretending the whole time to just care about us. And I really, I didn't, I don't. Again, it was one of those weird conversations when Frank said something about the fact that uh, the if those guys were back, that he didn't care about the vets now that they were back home. But in war, he said, "Yeah, I'd take a bullet for him, but now I won't." And we see that Curtis is saying, "No, you you do care about those guys. You do care." You know, uh, he doesn't kill the guy outside. He ties him up before he goes into the tunnel. But of course, when he goes berserker, he just kills all of them. He kills that woman uh, who was part of the group, which I thought was interesting. That that uh, just like in in the first season, Billy had women in his crew. He has a woman in his crew. This uh, time as well. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, that's a wrap for that stuff. I, I think so. We got we got through it, and, and you've got some comic talk news here, though. 
Uh, that I do. Well, this week, despite of being sick and having to work a couple of days as such, including today, <laughs> so Wednesday I was able to go on uh, Comic Book Day, which is new releases, and get Detective Comics issue 1000. So it came out, everybody, and it's very hard. There's a lot of a lot of rarities out of this uh, monumentous uh, issue. There's a variants that are I forget uh, I forget the name of the uh, artist that my friend wanted to get, but uh, Alex Ross. That's who it was. Yes, there's an Alex Cross uh, variant version, which is literally the depiction of the first Action Comics. Uh, I mean, Detective Comics issue that Batman premiered in. Oh, wow. And uh, it's his version and idea. It's very hard to come by. You have to actually go to Alex Ross's uh, website to pre-order it. And I didn't. uh, Eric didn't. And we were regretting it. So I I put in a pre-order for it just in case that night because I didn't see it at my comic shop. But there's a ton of them out there. They're great. This was a big event. I suggest everybody to go out there and get it. There's a story in there that Kevin Smith wrote, and uh, I thought it was just cool to read. Now, mind you, I walked away with like maybe like eight comics of the same thing, but they're all different covers and everything, but they're all cool covers. So I, I would suggest I, I got the one I liked the most was Bernie Wrightson. Uh, the Alex Ross is the one I wanted to get, and it was uh, one that reminded me of the Dark Knight series. So, yeah, that that was uh, those were the two major picks. The only other comic news that I saw that was pretty popular, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot has completed its filming. So, everything is in Kevin Smith's hand now and to giving us a movie we've been wanting for almost 20 years now. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I um I I love Kevin Smith's movies and I've seen uh some of the tweets and the Instagram stuff that he's been sending out. He he sent out a thing that uh, I guess Rosario Dawson uh, was brought in, uh, was able to have a part on this Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what part she plays. If they just are remaking the same story as Jay and Silent Bob strike back, or if there's, if it's going to be a, a, a different story. I know it does have, um, what's her name? And the actress's name is escaping me now. Uh, the one that played, uh, Jay's love interest. Oh, yes. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is is in it, I believe. So yep, and jo- Joey Lauren Adams, I think, isn't it? I would hope. I I don't know. I have not seen a full list. I just knew that I've seen a few of the tweets and stuff that uh, uh, Kevin's been sending out. So yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, and like I, I said earlier, I was sick this week. I could not do the Walking Dead talk through, but Steve was kind enough to step in for me this week. Thank you, Steve, for doing that. Uh, it was it was my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Brian and I uh, covered episode um, this last episode of The Walking Dead, the calm before, and uh, so I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say uh, next week for the storm. Uh, if if I'm invited to sit in on that one, I may uh, if I have the time. But man, I've been. Uh, <laughs> you had fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was, it was a good time. It, it really was. Um, it, it was, a, it was a fun. Ep- it was a good episode. I, I liked it, and I can't wait to hear uh, to hear how it sounds. That's um, cool. It just uploaded. I just noticed. So. Yeah, I, I, I saw, and I, I shared it out to my Facebook page as well, so that people uh, can see it. Uh, a couple other uh, podcast recommendations that we have: uh, the podcast Strange Indeed from the Podcast Network has started their review of the Umbrella Academy, and uh, I've watched the first three episodes of that show and uh, really, really like it. 
I just finished listening to We Have to Go Back, the Lost Revisited podcast with Ben and Kristen that they do from our network, from Next Level. And uh, next week, I will I have a chance to set in on House Podcastica, which is the Game of Thrones rewatch podcast that I will be guest hosting uh, with uh, Kristen on that podcast next week. So look for that to come out in the next week and a half or so. Wow, that is cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be uh, episode seven, uh, season seven, episode seven rewatch, which is the last episode uh, until the new stuff starts up again. So I'm I'm excited uh, to uh, uh, to do that that podcast, and I can't wait to uh, have a full episode. We're not just a two minute voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> and we also like to recommend to the Walking Dead cast on podcast. It's the one that started many of us into podcasting. So, uh, you know, just a little shout out to Jason Cabasi and Karen Morve. What are we up to for the next episode? Shall we do episodes 11 and 12 or do 11 and 12 and 13? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you want to try to do? Do you want to try to cover three episodes in one in one show? Do you want to try to do that next week? I know you're going to be busy next week with Walking Dead talk through and I'm going to be busy uh, getting ready for the Game of Thrones one. Well, what do you think? What we what I can do is put in one of our fillers and then we could take up after that and we have enough time. Let's let's do that then, because I think that'll be a good idea. Put a filler episode in there next week and then uh, we'll come back and do episodes 11 and 12 and then the next week we'll do episode 13 and review in game because i think by then if my if the calendar in my head is working out correctly i think in game will be out at that point exactly that's what i was thinking we can do 11 and 12 together and then do episode 13 in conjunction with a in game review Cool. Awesome. That, that's a good idea. Yeah. So that way, yeah, I brought it up and I mentioned it on the post this week on Facebook yeah. regarding a filler episodes. And I figured, all right, I'll do Spider-Man 1977, just an idea and a review of what it's like back then, what I think of it now, a little comparison to the other Spider-Man live actions that we've gotten in recent history up until now and just give an overall view i'll probably do the same thing with the uh the incredible hulk captain america and a few others but i'm sure you want to be on there with captain america steve yeah with some of them i'll, I'll try to jump in there what I, I i remember the captain america tv show and um i remember liking it uh, i remember him with the the i i love the homage to it and i'm sure it's in the comic books as well him putting the shield on the front of his motorcycle yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I really like the homage to it in the avengers movies where he puts that shield on the front of the motorcycle and stuff so yeah so i i figured that would be a good idea so that way just in case like steve was sick last week we didn't do anything but this week i got sick and i realized oh no i have two podcasts to do this week (laughs) so steve was kind enough and feeling better and filling in for me for the walking dead talk through but i felt the need it's like i really don't want to not do this this week so yeah yeah so so next week let's do that because we both got extra podcasts we've got to take care of next week so cool so i'll be recording this weekend and filling that in 
and it won't be too long, people. Trust me. It'll probably be about maybe a half hour, 45 minutes worth of information, just me talking. But uh, I will throw in some uh, cool audio on air from the show, interesting ideas and thoughts, and I'll get some interesting information about Nick Hammond and where he is and what he's doing lately, too. So with that, uh, we should uh, talk about how people could get in contact with us. Well, you could normally you can get get in touch with us through our Facebook group, which is www, which is you know I'm not even going to try to do that. It's facebook.com slash panels to pixels. People, you can find us panels to pixels. Spell it out. Um, <laughs> you can send us an email at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The T O is uh, spelled out in the middle there, and then the number one at gmail. Com. And where else could listeners hear us? Well, as we just talked about, the fact that uh, Mark is co-host on the Walking Dead talk through with Brian Malosh on the Golden on Golden Spiral Media, I was able to set in on that podcast this week, and so it was a little little surreal. And uh, then I will be setting in on House Podcastica's Game of Thrones rewatch next week as well. Yeah, so you're you're getting around. Next thing, next stop for you would probably be Strange Indeed. <laughs> yeah, strange indeed, or or uh, we'll see, we'll see what uh, they've got. They've got that one pretty pretty well locked up, I think. So I think we'll so see. too. <laughs> we'll see though. It'll be cool though. Yeah, you can now hear panels to pixels on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. So while you guys are listening or there, please leave some sort of feedback. And give us a rating if you can, too. It'd be awesome to get something out of that. Excellent. And once we wrap up uh, The Punisher Season 2, we will be uh, telling you what our next project is going to be. Let's see what other show we can kill. (laughs) (laughs) Or was killed. Or was killed, yeah. 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 But uh, there are uh, so many things out there we could talk about. But I know you have some ideas. I have some ideas. We'll talk that in between. And with that... Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this is Panels to Pixels, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.